Hello, this is Ria's Ramblings. Hey guys, welcome back or to Ria's Ramblings. My name is Ria, and this is where I talk about experiences, some tips and tricks, some books I read, and even I even do some interviews. So stay tuned to learn what this episode is about. So I normally start off with the riddles of um, this last episode and this episode. So let's go ahead and start with that. So to start off, last week's riddle was, what is common between a lion, a horse, and New England? So I know some of you are like, oh, a lion and a horse, boom, I know it. And then you get thrown New England, and you're like, huh? So um, shout out to Disha for trying. Great job, Disha. Amazing job trying. But the correct answer is mane. So y'all know a lion has a mane of hair. A horse has a mane of hair. And New England is an area in America, and Maine, the state, is part of it. So that's why that answer is Maine. And it's really, I decided to challenge y'all for this one. So if you didn't get it, no worries. This one is a little bit more fun. So this week's riddle is, I can fly, but I have no wings. I can cry, but I have no eyes. Wherever I go, darkness follows me. What am I? So this is a bit of a long one, so I'm going to go ahead and repeat it. I can fly, but have no wings. I can cry, but I have no eyes. Wherever I go, darkness follows me. What am I? So I love the what am I riddles because you're truly thinking about it. And if you couldn't understand my voice, I will have like the text of the riddle um, in the description so you can dissect it. If you know the answer to this riddle, be sure to email me at riaramblings at gmail.com, which will also be down in the description. And now let's go ahead and get started with this week's episode. So I'm actually very excited to for this week's episode. I'm going to be speaking to an athletic trainer who actually spoke at my school for career day. And he was thank- kind enough to agree for this interview. I just wanted to learn a little bit more about the... Um, the career of an athletic trainer. So if you're someone who plays sports or, you know, is interested in sports, but you just being a professional sports player is hard, um, be sure to keep listening because um, we're going to learn a lot more about the career path of being around sports, but not necessarily playing them. So I'm really, really excited to learn more about him. And even if you don't play sports, this is an amazing career path. And this is an amazing opportunity to kind of learn about all stuff a lot of stuff so you can really really think about what you want to do so let's get started let's welcome our guest for today let's welcome mr Corey smith he's an athletic trainer who has worked everywhere from professional teams to high school teams he's even worked as a concussion specialist so thank you for being here mr smith thank you very much for having me um so let's just go straight in so first question is where did you grow up So I am originally from Marietta, Ohio, which is a very small town in southeastern Ohio. And uh, I was born there and I lived there for a little while. And then I moved to uh, an even smaller town, Cottageville, West Virginia, where my mom was born. And we lived there for a few years and then we moved back to Ohio. That's fun. So Ohio was the main home base. Yes. Um, So did you play any sports as a kid? Uh, as a kid, I was primarily a basketball player, and then uh, when I stopped playing basketball, I started playing hockey, which ended up being more inline uh, roller hockey and some occasional ice hockey. Even though I lived in the north in Ohio, <laughs> ice rinks were still hard to find. 
Dang, that's, that's crazy. I used to roll, I mean, I roller skate still, but it's been hard in the pandemic, so haven't roller skated in a while. Yes. Um, so did that, like, when did you know that you wanted to become an athletic trainer? So I was still playing basketball and I was in eighth grade and I was playing uh, in PE and I fell and I hurt my knee. So at that time I had what was known as an MCL sprain. So the MCL uh, is the medial collateral ligament of your knee. It uh, prevents your knee from folding in towards your other knee. And I sprained that. (laughs) And so I went and I went to a, uh, a physical therapy sports medicine clinic in town that uh, was called sports med and rehab my injury there. And that's when I first got interested in doing athletic training and being in sports medicine. That's cool. So it's like a bad experience can eventually lead you to a good, good life and a good experience. And that happens all too often in people in my career, whether they're physicians or physical therapists or athlete trainers like myself, uh, we typically get our first dose of uh, some type of injury. And that's how we end up uh, doing things. Sad, but also really good that you went into that field. Um, So where did you go to college and like, what did you major in to have to become an athletic trainer? So very interestingly, Uh, I ended up going to college in my very small town. Uh, Marietta College was the very first athletic training program in the state of Ohio. And the person who owned that clinic that I mentioned before, sports med, was actually owned and operated by the head of the sports medicine program at Marietta College. And when I was going to school, I graduated from high school all the way back in 1997 And there were some changes that were going on for how accreditation would work because they wanted to make sure that uh, anybody who was going to be an athlete trainer had the best uh, education. And so with that, uh, we uh, looked at other schools. I looked at Ohio State, the very big state school in my uh, in my school. Uh, So. I looked at a lot of other schools and they Ohio State school was um, Ohio State was maybe not going to be accredited for sports medicine. And so I decided to stay close to home and go to Marietta College for my undergrad. And then after I graduated from Marietta College, I went to Eastern Kentucky University uh, for grad school. So to become an athletic trainer, you have to like, you, what do you have to major in? So my, my degree uh, was in sports medicine with an emphasis in athletic training. So the people that I went to school with could transition from my from my program into physical therapy or utilize that as almost like a pre-med program. And so uh, there are still some, there's still some diversity as far as what uh, the programs can be called, or they can be under the college of um, different programs. So even my graduate program was under the college of physical education. Um, But now they're actually, streamlining this process so that everyone will get a master's degree in athletic training. That's just a, uh, something that's evolving as this profession has evolved. That's fun. That's cool that it's like evolving as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when you got out of college, was it hard to find like a job fresh out of college or did you have to, was it really easy? Was it a common thing? So there were lots of jobs Uh, And it was really trying to find the right job. And so when I graduated with my master's degree, uh, I 
felt at the time that I really wanted to stay in the college sports setting. And so that's where my first job was out of, out of college. And, you know, after gaining a lot of different, um, experiences. I had not worked at a very large uh, division one program. So I worked at Ohio university and wanted to gain some more experience. Uh, and then I stayed in college after that experience. It was when I moved to Texas back in 2004 that I started to work in some different settings. That's cool. So there's like very diverse jobs and different settings. There are, yes. Yeah. There are lots of different, uh, uh, settings to be able to work. Some of that is typical things that you see on TV. When I tell someone that I'm an athlete trainer and that if somebody gets hurt during a sporting event and I'm the person who comes out onto the court or field or ice to be able to take care of them, people understand that they get it. But when you start talking about working with club sports, or you start talking about working in secondary schools, uh, like a high school here in Plano, people don't really understand that there's someone there that fulfills that role for them. And then there's even people who work in physician offices, physical therapy clinics. Uh, they can work it with businesses like Amazon and in the industrial setting is what we call that. So there's lots of different roles and different job settings for athletic trainers, which is kind of what makes what we do so great. I did not know that, that there's that much, um, that much that you could do. So that's really cool. Um, I know you talked about like that you worked in high school, like school and professional. Do you, which one do you prefer? Like, do you prefer working in a lot of pressure in professional or kind of high school, school level? So no matter if you're working at a high school, a middle school, or you're working for a big college or pro, the football field is the same. The players get to get to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, it's definitely different. If for me as a sports fan, I like the idea of being able to walk out onto the field and there's all the fans there. And it's, sometimes it's a very large stadium and everybody's cheering and everybody's there for the same person, for the same purpose in that realm. They, they're there because they want to be right. So everybody's rooting for their team. They want their team to win or they're rooting for their family member. Maybe it's a parent rooting for their child. I like that moment and it sometimes feels bigger when you're with a pro team or a, a college team, but I still like that. It feels the same way for me, even when I take care of a middle school game. That's cool. So it's like, it's a little bit of the same throughout because you're treating either way. So it doesn't really affect, but you like that moment. So I like that moment when you first get to walk out. And that's part of the really fun thing. And I hope that that middle school football player or that middle school volleyball player, whatever sport it is that is going on still feels that way because that's what typically keeps people coming back and, and creates that love of sport uh, and being able to be physically active and do those things. So uh, yeah, I think that that, that moment, I'd, I'd be really worried if that moment went away. So as an athletic trainer, do you, um, do you like only do that on the field training or do you also stay with them as they go into treatment and when they figure out what they have went wrong with them? So each, uh, each situation is a little bit different. Uh, I've been in a role where 
Uh, it was my job at, uh, at in college to be able to do the evaluation work with my team on a day-to-day basis. And I was always there. If they went to the physician, I would go with them. Um, when I worked at Ohio University, actually, it was my job to uh, to take everybody's athletes to the physician and help the physician train uh, his residents so that they knew what we as athletic trainers knew. And so I've had that great experience. And it's really nice because you build bonds, you build friendships, you take care of uh, teams and you've got the same goals that they do, right? You, you win and everybody's excited and nobody's hurt. You lose and everybody's aches and pains show up, right? Because there has to be a reason behind why the team is lost. I really enjoy that part of it. Now, working for a large hospital system like Baylor Scott and White, my role is to help make sure that people get to the right physician, get to uh, the right, get the right care that they need, get to physical therapy, and then get back out on the field. And so I kind of get to quarterback some of those things uh, as the person behind the scenes and help get them to that step. And so I don't get to see them every day when I do that, but I do get to stay involved. And I really like that. Nice. So you, you kind of like both and you've been through both experiences. So you can like compare the two. Yes. Yeah. So um, my grandmother is actually, she's a physical therapist. Okay. So what's the difference between an athletic trainer and a physical therapist? So one of the things that we talked about was the job setting, right? So Mm -hmm. I have to be able to do lots of different things uh, as an athletic trainer Part of that means that I need to be able to know as much as I possibly can, but I also have to know where my limitations are. So there are athletic trainers who are really great at things like your grandmother, who the physical therapist, they're really good at doing all of those things and the rehabs and following the protocols to be able to get that person back uh, to the absolute best physical shape and restore their normal movement patterns and everything else, their strength. And there are some athletic trainers who do that. But for me, I always want to make sure that I'm utilizing my resources the best. And so uh, what I like to try to compare for people is that an athletic trainer does work in different settings, but typically you might think of us at the field taking care of athletes when injuries do happen. But if an injury does happen, then think of us behind the scenes doing everything we can to get them back on the field. So whereas my athletes might go see a physical therapist once, twice, three times a week, the rest of that time they're spending it with me. Uh, And sometimes I can be able to keep uh, my athletes from seeing a physician or from seeing a physical therapist because I'm the healthcare provider who can administer that care. And that does a really good thing because it helps keep doctor's schedules where they're not so full. They don't have to see uh, so many patients because the care that I can deliver keeps them away from the physician's office or the care that I deliver keeps them away from having to go see their physical therapist as often. And that's one of the great roles that we fill is being able to help reduce that pressure on the medical system when especially something like the pandemic hits and People are trying to stay out of their physician's office because they want to keep well and the physician's offices want to keep their patients well. Athletic trainers have been very valuable because we've been able to help take care of our patients still under the oversight of our medical team, but trying to be able to keep them out of the hospital systems. 
you mentioned the pandemic that actually kind of made me realize something as like I've always wondered how do people who are in the medical field how did the pandemic affect your job like because people stopped going to doctors and like doctor offices when the pandemic first hit so it's affected me in a couple of different ways uh one when the pandemic first started i was working for plano isd and taking care of the athletes over at clark high school well we stopped going to school so when we stopped going to school we stopped having sports and so anybody who was injured anybody who had anything that was going on i stayed in close contact with them gave them exercises, made sure it followed up with their plans, took care of things that I needed to, to make sure that they got the care so they, they could recover from any active injuries that they had. And I worked with our coaches and our, uh, our medical staff and everybody to be able to take care of those things. Then I did like so many people, I became the teacher for my own children. Uh, and my wife is a teacher. So she became everybody else's teacher. And so I wasn't the best teacher for my kids. They, they would have preferred to have her, but she was taking care of everybody else's. Then when I left working for Plano ISD, I went and I worked in the hospital system with Baylor Scott and White. And in doing that, things were much different. Sometimes our emergency departments were so overrun with COVID patients, I would have to know where I could send someone who was who was injured because maybe one of our hospitals had too many COVID patients and I needed to send them to another hospital or maybe certain places that would normally see patients were unable to do that. So then I really became a person who had to keep my finger on the pulse of what was going on everywhere. So that when people that I was taking care of needed care, I could properly direct them. Cool. So um, did you ever do like an online session with any of your patients? I did. So I would do some virtual visits to be able to make sure that uh, people were able to understand maybe an exercise they needed to do, or they could uh, talk to me about some problems or issues that they were having. So I would do virtual visits and my virtual visits uh, would sometimes be on my phone that just rang <laughs> or <laughs> they would be on uh, a device like Zoom. I think I have four or five platforms that I ended up using just because it was a situation that uh, I needed to um, use whatever tool was most convenient for my patients. So uh, I adjusted to them. That's cool. So there's many different platforms that you have to be familiar with, not just one. Otherwise, the other yes. patients have to adjust. So that would be an issue. Um, I kind of have a hope to answer for this question, but what's your favorite sport to work with? My favorite sport to work with. You know, I think it kind of changes. I think that uh, in the very beginning, I probably was like, all right, I'm going to work hockey because I was playing a lot of hockey when I was in high school. And I thought, Hockey was the sport that I was going to do maybe for the rest of my career. And mm -hmm. it just didn't work out that way. And so for me, I like that my sports calendar changes. As an athletic trainer, I'm a big supporter that kids should not specialize in a sport too soon. They should try to be able to do different things. So I'm lucky enough that I have been able to have lots of different uh, opportunities where I've been able to work lots of different sports. And so I probably work the most hockey and lacrosse, uh, just because those are some club sports that I get an opportunity to work with a lot. 
sometimes it's just really nice to go to a football game and be around it. And I got to do that this past weekend when the stakes were high because it was playing for a championship. So that was really nice. And some of the most fun I've ever had was I worked at a place called Woodward Camp in Pennsylvania, which is where they have lots of X Games guys that are doing skateboarding. Uh, Back then they were doing inline skating. Um, BMX bikes, lots of that kind of stuff. And at the same time, they also had a lot of gymnastics that were going on there because the gymnasts were using the foam pits. It was only later that the uh, skateboard guys were like, wait a minute, I could go off a ramp into a foam pit and then I won't get hurt as bad. So we had a nice mix of both of those. So when it comes to my favorite sport to cover, I'd say it changes. I like that it does. That's good. I was hoping that you would say soccer because I play soccer. I love soccer a lot. So You were living in the right place because there is soccer here all the time. And I have done everything from work, lots of youth soccer to taking to helping very little, taking care of helping with uh, FC Dallas. And I was lucky enough to do the stretcher crew uh, when Argentina played Mexico in a friendly here in town and they played over at AT AT&T Stadium. So I had a front row on the field view to watch uh Lionel Messi play and that was really nice oh that was that must have been amazing Um, that was amazing um so that was obviously like a good experience have you had like do you have one case or two cases that have like stood out to you that you still remember that were like really unique or really fun to work with I think that uh there's a couple of things that uh that I tell parents all the time I do. I did not win the superhero lottery. I do not have x-ray vision. I do not have MRI vision. We need testing to be able to help us out. And I think that as an athletic trainer, I want to know all the answers. I really do. But when I don't have the answers, I think those are the moments that typically stand out the most when maybe care is delayed. Maybe there's a situation where we don't know exactly what's going on and we have to figure it out. Even just today, I've been working with a friend of mine who's got uh, an injury where she just can't figure it out. And we've been trying. We've been trying lots of different things, but sometimes medicine is not an exact science. Those are the ones that stay with me the most, but they're also the ones that cause me to uh, learn the most because I read more. I read our journals more. I look for answers. I try to discover what I may not know. And that usually, uh, you know, it scratches at my itch to want to discover. And I think that that's why I really got into this in the beginning is because it's, it's something where I want to know what the answer is. And I really like that part of medicine and trying to take care of people. That's, yeah, my parents always tell me it's okay to not know the answer sometimes. That means mm-hmm. you're about to learn a lot more. Just don't, yes. just don't be afraid to give up if you don't know the answer. Otherwise, you're not going to learn anything. Yes. Uh, it's definitely okay to fail. You're going to learn yes. a whole lot more from your failures than you are your successes. Yes, they tell me that too. And I do need to learn that because I'm very hard on myself. <laughs> um, so I, um, I was learning, like I read your bio and I learned that you started, you were part of a team that started a concussion facility center. So like, what made you want to do that? So I was working for a physical therapy clinic in Plano and I was doing lots of team coverage. I was working with soccer teams. I was working with some lacrosse teams. I was doing lots of different things, but I 
felt like I had outgrown my position and I was looking for some different opportunities. And that led to a conversation with uh, someone who's a bit of a mentor of mine. And they were changing the state law in Texas, uh, a law, House Bill 2038, that became known as Natasha's Law, where they were going to require anybody who participated in UIL sports, that was our public school sports, so middle school and high school, they were going to require that anytime that someone was believed to have a concussion injury, they were going to need to see a physician. And at that time, my concussion knowledge had greatly evolved, especially after that place that I mentioned before, Woodward Camp. Well, those skateboarders, those BMX guys, they have a tendency to bump their head quite a lot. So I had a very large background working with concussion injuries. And at that time, the research was changing rapidly. There were lots of information that we were getting and we were changing our protocols very rapidly. I was very interested in it. And so we collaborated together and we were looking for someone to be able to be part of the team to help open up uh, a dedicated concussion facility. And I was fortunate enough to be involved in that project. And concussion is something that I'm very passionate about today. Uh, I say a lot of things consistently to parents, to people that I work with, because I found that over time, those things work. And one of the things that I tell to parents to be able to help them understand what's going on, especially if they're um, looking at their child that they know a whole lot better than I do. So I tell them that they, when we have a concussion injury, you can't see the brain limp, right? If you yeah. hurt your knee and you're trying to go out there and play soccer, you're not going to be able to run right. You're not going to be able to kick the ball right. We're all going to be able to see because you're going to have a limp. You're going to have something that's just not right. Well, mm-hmm. with a concussion injury, not everybody can see that. So we need really good practitioners to be able to help and take care of that. We need athletic trainers who help evaluate the injuries and then refer them to physicians. We need good physicians to utilize a lot of different tools to be able to set people up for success. So if you were to be injured and have a concussion, we need to set you up for success to go back to the classroom as well as to be able to go back to the soccer field. So there's a lot that goes into an evaluation from hearing about your symptoms, things that we can't see like a headache or maybe feeling dizzy to being able to evaluate how you can think, focus, concentrate, remember. And all of those things are important to be able to help set you up for success and and take care of you. And so my passion for those things uh, just put me in the right place at the right time to be able to help open up that facility. That's amazing because I have multiple friends who have gotten like hit in the face with the ball or pleated in the back of the head. And they, they realize it after the game, like, Oh, that, that thing, that was a minor concussion. So, you know, all of us are like, Oh my God, like you should go get treated just in case it gets worse. Cause you know, you never know. Yeah. What we learned over time is that uh, concussion injuries in themselves are not that bad. It's when we return back to those activities where you can be hit in the head again, that the really dangerous things happen. And so we rely on not only medical staff, but we rely on coaches. We rely on parents. We rely on teammates to be able to help us to identify that something's not right. And that helps us to be able to pull those people from the field. What we've noticed is that if someone has a concussion injury and they return to play, it typically have a longer recovery. And what we want to do is be able to help remove them from play, get them the appropriate evaluation, and then get them back 
safely to be able to play their sport, to be able to return to school. What that does is that really helps to prevent any future injuries. It's those concussion injuries that go untreated or when people return to play too soon, those are the injuries that end up having uh, long lasting problems, things that are pretty preventable. Yeah, so that's okay, good. So if you have like a minor thing, maybe you did get hit in the head, make sure you take a break and ask, ask someone if you should get treated or not. Yes, you need to go and seek out a physician's care so that we can make sure it's safe for you to be able to return to those activities where you obviously have bumped your head before. Because uh, that blow to the body or to the head uh, is what uh, starts all of that. We want to make sure that we uh, follow the safe protocols to be able to get you back at the appropriate time. Yes. So have you ever gotten a concussion? I have. Oh, wow. Did it hurt? Uh, I'm sure that it did, but I don't remember the pain anymore. I do remember the way that I felt. Uh, I may have told this story to you the first time that we met. But mm-hmm. I was uh, at a friend's house and a blizzard came into town and I ended up stuck at my friend's house. And there was a very large community playground that was behind his house. And of course, we wanted to have a big snowball fight. Well, because the snow obscured where the tunnel entrance was, I bumped my head on the wood of a tunnel on this playground. And I remember feeling as though there were halos around the lights outside because it was dark and everything was lit up. And I felt almost like I was watching myself run around and everything was kind of in slow motion. And I didn't know really what it was. So I didn't know to talk to anybody. And I was also at a friend's house. So I didn't really talk to anybody about it until I got back home and I talked to my mom because she was a nurse and I kind of had an idea. But back then, if your symptoms went away, if your symptoms went away in 15 minutes, we'd let you go back on the field. So our protocols have really changed. So I didn't do a good job of taking care of myself back then, but uh, I think things have worked out just fine. Um, but uh, I know that if that same situation had happened to me today, I'd be seeing a physician. That's yeah. In a way it's good for you to have like, okay, kids don't do what I did. I did something wrong. Don't do what I did. In hindsight, I try to blame any, any bad grades that I got on that. So <laughs> I've used that excuse before with my mom. That's that's good, I guess. Um, (laughs) So do you have any, um, when you came to my school at career day, I know like what made me really interested was all the stories that you told, because I'm like, I know going into the professional sports world is really hard, really risky. You have to put in a lot of work and a lot of time. And I still want to be involved with sports. So I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, this would be fun. Is, would it be a fun job? Would it be a job that would interest me? And when I heard your stories, I was like, oh, yeah, this sounds something that sounds like something that I would want to do. So do you have any stories to to tell the audience? I think that sports is a wonderful thing for people to do. Right now, my own kids play sports, and I think there's so many valuable lessons from being successful in a moment putting a little bit of stress on ourselves and being able to come through and do our very best, which is, you know, some of the really good things that uh, most people think about with sports. I think it also teaches us to fail. And, you know, sometimes if you think about sports, one team wins and the other team loses, right? You can't, you can't always be the person who comes up on top. And I know that we all probably want that to be the circumstance, but it doesn't always work that way. You got to be willing and resilient enough to be able to come back and do things again. It also teaches us to be able to practice. Uh, 
practice really does make proud and practice is what helps us to be able to advance in being good at our career, being good as a parent, being good as a friend. And so practice is something that's very important. And sports is a great uh, tool to be able to do those things. What I see with sports is that not everybody's going to be the lucky 0.0005% person who gets to be able to make it all the way to the professional ranks. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of things to be able to fall your way, staying healthy, uh, being on you know the right opportunity and taking advantage of those opportunities when they come your way to be able to make it to become a professional athlete. But at the same time, there's a lot of different people who are around sports. Some of the best coaches I've ever known who've been able to inspire so many people are not the best athletes. My wife was a division one collegiate athlete. She's a wonderful coach. She's a wonderful teacher and sports have given her that platform uh, to be able to do things. And she's taken what she's learned in sports and been able to carry that over in the classroom. She takes what she learns in the classroom to be a good teacher over into the realm of sports. And so I think that me being an athletic trainer, my athletic career was something that I wasn't going to be a professional athlete. And I really wanted to be around that world and be around that environment. And it's been very helpful to me. And I can't thank sports enough for the opportunities that I've been able to have, not only to work in medicine, but to be able to work with some really great people that, uh, maybe most people don't understand are involved in helping to get people to be able to be at their best to perform on television or at the, on the field when you're there to watch. And so I consider myself very lucky at the same time. Unfortunately, there's a lot of things that can go wrong medically with someone when they participate with sports, they can get hurt. They can Mm -hmm. have, all kinds of different problems, and we need people there to be able to help them. And so it's on one hand, something that I think is a great world to be around. On the other hand, I think it's something that we really need to be able to help us as a community to be able to take care of each other. And so I really like all of those aspects coming together. Uh, For me, when I was able to speak at career day, I wanted people to know that uh, even if they're not the best athlete, hang around and being a student manager, hang around those coaches who are trying to inspire and do so great. Who knows, maybe even waiting for your turn to be able to get that opportunity to have that success on the field or just being able to help support your team is a great thing. Uh, Here in Texas, we do a really good job of trying to bring our communities into this realm of sports and Mm -hmm. school. Um, If you go to a Friday night football game, it's not just about the football team. It's about the parents who are there to support them, the family members that they bring, the townspeople that they bring. But there's also cheerleaders and uh, and the band and the uh, Plano Ets. There's all of these other people that come in to support the community. And sports is a really great way to bring people together. Yeah, I love that because. Um, yeah, like you said, it's really hard to get into the sports professional playing world. And it, it, it's, you know, you don't want to get too much hopes up because you want to, if you want to be surrounded by sports, this is a great job. So you were talking about yes. those, um, those like, those, like those times that people do get injured. 
Mm-hmm. Do you have like a specific time that would like be a good example as to what you did to help them? So I and the audience would kind of know what it would be like. So when, when the stories that I typically share uh, with uh, when I give talks like this, or when I get to go to a career day, or even when I have athletic training students, whether they're in high school or even in college, a lot of those stories are dictated by what's been going on lately. And maybe an injury that happened to a professional athlete that I'm able to see and take care of and and do those things. So are you looking for a story of just something to share? uh, Or are you looking for just some past experiences? Help me help me provide the right one. The past experiences or anything um, of like a player who you saw get injured and sort of like what you did to help her get better or or him or. So I think they go along that path. Um, I was talking earlier today because I was uh, I was hanging out with some other athlete trainers at a school, and we were talking about some of the successes of our athletes. Uh, when I used to work and take care of lots of club soccer teams, I was working a regional championship for club soccer. I was in Oklahoma City. It rained. It was terrible because the fields were brand new. And with the fields being brand new, they were just really muddy with all of the rain. Well, one of our athletes uh, ended up having uh, an ACL injury. And we knew at the time what it was, but I told her the same thing that I always say, right? I don't have MRI vision. I I have an idea that we've got some looseness in that knee, but what we've got to do is we've got to see our doctors so we can find out exactly what's going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. And so in doing that, she had surgery. We rehabbed her. I got to see her all the time. We went through everything. She worked really, really hard. She ended up uh, winning a national championship in soccer in college. She ended up playing on the national team uh, for Mexico. She ended up being incredibly successful. And I was just fortunate enough to watch her work very hard, but also to reach her goals. So I may have contributed. I know I was there a whole lot. I'm sure that, that, uh, that people, um, sometimes can inflate or maybe deflate their role in things, but I was honored to be able to watch her work so hard to be able to reach her goals because she was the one who put in all that effort and energy and it really paid off for her. And, uh, those are just one of the many success stories that I've been able to witness. Yeah, it's definitely better when you see someone go farther. Um, just they kept persevering and they didn't stop. They just kept going because they don't they didn't let that stop them. Absolutely. Yeah. So before we close out, do you have anything else you want to add a message or anything? Uh, I just encourage anybody that uh, likes sports uh, to look into sports medicine, to look into athletic training. There are some great opportunities to be able to, uh, to do things. And I am just one of the many people who are behind the scenes, hopefully taking care of maybe your favorite team, uh, that you get to watch on TV. Yes. That's, that's a great message. So, um, before we close out, um, I don't know if you don't know or not, but after the end of every episode, I say equal pay, for all the women out there and all the different, the pay gap between women and men in the soccer team and in just the world out there. So do you want to mm-hmm. say it with me on three? Say, you, say the last part again. Do you want to say it with me on three? 
Absolutely. All right. One, two, three. Equal pay. Equal pay. Thank you so much for being here. All right. So thank you again to Mr. Corey for agreeing to do this interview. Thank you so much. I learned a lot more and I'm actually really interested in this. So um, I, it's, I, would, I would love to be around sports for my whole life and I think this is a great way to do it. So I'm really interested in the career path of sports medicine and I hope we ins- he inspired you to do the same, to really think about this amazing, amazing career path. And thank you to you guys for listening. Like I said, I really hope we inspired you. He inspired you to think about and learn about and research more about the career of sports medicine and other careers that you could have relating to sports without actually playing them, without, you know, having to play them and having to do a lot of luck and work. So, um, I th- I thought it was really cool to learn more about, um, the experiences that he has, the, the fun that he has and the stuff that he does day to day because now I can really kind of think about do I want to do this as a career and I think I think I really do want to think about this as a career so I hope you guys have the same and if you've ever actually gotten injured like in a sport be sure to email me at riaramblings at gmail.com because like I don't know if this sounds weird but I want to hear about it like I want to learn um how did how did your um athletic trainer treat you how did what was your experience and did that inspire you to maybe go into the career of an athletic trainer so you know again I hope you enjoyed this episode and let's go ahead and do the riddles so last week's riddle or last episode's riddle was what is common between a lion a horse and New England So, um, shout out to Disha, woo, for trying. The correct answer is mane, a mane, right? Because a lion has a mane of hair, a horse has a mane of hair, and New England is an area in America, I also learned this, guys, while um, using this riddle, is an area in America that has the state of Maine in it. So that's why, um... They all have mane in them. So for this week's riddle is a what am I riddle. So it's a bit on the long side. So I'm going to slow it down. I can fly, but have no wings. I can cry, but I have no eyes. Wherever I go, darkness follows me. What am I? I'm going to go ahead and say it one more time. I can fly, but have no wings. I can cry, but I have no eyes. Wherever I go darkness follows me what am i so if you know the answer to this riddle be sure to email me at riaramblings at gmail.com i really really hope you try and even if you don't want to do riddles you don't like riddles you don't know the answer whatever reason you do you you can also email me um suggestions for episodes and i would try my best to do them any um interviews if you would like to be interviewed really anything i mean you can also introduce yourself reading emails from fans and Listeners really, really make my day because I know that um, I love doing this podcast. And so knowing that y'all love listening to it is just amazing. It's truly, truly amazing. And um, also, guys, make sure to listen, rate, and share. So, of course, you're listening right now. Keep listening. Keep If you haven't listened to any previous episodes, listen to my 50th. Listen to my 50th, 51st because I talked about austin texas and about how i got to plan a trip guys i got to plan a trip and i got and i kind of talked about my recommendations for going to austin so 
uh, listen to that. And also spread, spread the word. That's how I gain more listeners. Word of mouth, right? So if you're someone listening, tell your friends. Hey, my God, um, Rhea has a podcast. You know, I definitely recommend listening to it. So please, 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 please spread the word and email me. Email me, email me with any episode suggestions at Rhea ramblings at gmail.com thank you so much to mr cord for agreeing for this interview i loved learning about a whole new career path that's a big possibility for me and hopefully to all of you guys thank you and have a good day